0: Hey, it's Misty and Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read and everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started.
1: Ooh, this is our Halloween special. Ooh. Ooh. Is it on?
0: Yeah, it is.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's too much. Ooh. Ooh. Welcome to Talking Shinnature. This is your Halloween special. Hello. Are you scared?
0: I'm so scared. This is so spooky. Don't pee on yourself. Are Love- you ready for Halloween? I
1: am. I mean, I know you are because you had your epic 2021 Halloween party last weekend. It was a lot of fun. Did you have fun? I did have fun. I had to go by myself. However, I still have fun because... The people that come to your party are always awesome. The food is always awesome. If you need me, I'm over there by that amazing avocado dip that you had. It's delicious. So I ate a bucket of that. Um, The
0: music is awesome because it's like throwback booty gangster music. Uh, Music is so loud. We have to bring our neighbors bribery food. (laughs) Some shrimp etouffee. We brought our neighbors shrimp etouffee and we go over there and I'm dressed up like the leg lamp from A Christmas Story. You looked so cute. My skirt was lit up. And my extremely pregnant friend was a mummy. Hi, Brittany. Hi. Hi. Side note, she said that she dropped a cup of water in the living room today. I mean, in the kitchen today. She did And her husband thought that her water broke. Oh, so, God. And then you came over. And you're always, your costumes are always the best.
1: I know. And everyone's always like, who are you? Who are, who are you? And I don't know why they can't figure it out because I'm literally wearing like a Halloween t-shirt and like maybe like cat ears. Yes. But I mean, I never win the costume contest, I which is why. sad because I think it's rigged. Kristen, our cousin Kristen comes over and she's, you know, next year she's probably going to be like an entire country because she just like dresses up as the most... Amazing. Things. Okay, she
0: walked in, and I had no idea. I didn't. I was
1: like, "Oh, Edward sister hands with James, her husband. That's strange." Where she? But I did.
0: I knew. I immediately knew she was Edward's sister hands because she looked great. But I didn't know who she was. So I was like, "I didn't. I don't know you, ma'am, sir. <laughs> they. Ma'am. I'm sorry. Who invited you here to this party? Who are you? Is this James's new girlfriend? This isn't like an anybody can show up type of thing, right? It's an open house. So anyway, it was our cousin Kristen. Of course, she won the costume contest again. I think she pays people. Well, last year she was the Exorcist, and she put KY jelly in her hair.
1: She look when she has a role, she commits. Commits. I, look, the fact that she even went to buy KY jelly is a committal, a commitment. Committal is that a word?
0: Com-
1: I don't know. Okay, commitment. It's a huge commitment.
0: Unless uh, she already she had put it in it. her hair, and then drove two hours like that, right? She's crazy.
1: Crazy, but her costumes are always fun.
0: I know. So whenever you win a costume contest at our Halloween party, then you win lottery scratch-offs. No, that's great. And it's a great (laughs) prize. You could win up to $7 million.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or you could win a dollar. Or nothing. She's won nothing every single time. Really?
0: We do put in a cute cup, so she at least got the cup. She gets the
1: recognition, and she gets a Facebook
0: she wins every costume post. contest that she goes to, though. Maybe next year she should sit it out and let someone else win. We're going to have to. I'm going to post a grid of our cousin Kristen's costumes. She's yeah. been the ring girl. She was the ring girl. Last year she was. Not like a ring girl at like a wedding.
1: <laughs> or a ring master. <laughs> or like a right. doorbell. Round one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: No, she was like the girl from the movie, The Ring. Yes, she's very scary. And then she was. This is one of the sisters from Hocus Pocus.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna ma- I'm gonna get her to make a grid of her costumes because it's less work for me that way, and then sh- we'll post it on our Instagram. Yeah,
1: so she- Kristen can get a shout out for her. I mean, she awesome really does costumes. look amazing. you have no, to she absolutely she absolutely does. Um, she's a lo- she's a lot of fun. We love you, Kristen. Yeah.
0: So Halloween, what are your kids gonna be? My daughter is going to be a Dalmatian because. We already bought a Dalmatian costume for her dance recital that happened in May. And those things aren't cheap. And she's making me be Cruella DeVille. So I borrowed a Bride of Frankenstein wig because it's black and white. And then some red gloves from my sister-in-law. And that's my Cruella DeVille costume. Okay. You need a fur. Yes. I think that my sister-in-law has one of those as well. And then Blitz is going to be Peter Pan, but like a punk rock version. Like he's got a studded denim vest that we put peter pan pins on and he's got a beanie with a feather i'll just have to okay
1: i gotta see this because in my head it does not i know sense. i keep
0: telling you about it and i keep saying i'm gonna send you a picture of it and i never send you, you a know picture he's
1: got a thing with a feather sticking out of his hat like we can <laughs> call him macaroni Yankee <laughs> doodle i don't understand. I don't what,
0: what are your kids gonna be
1: so Elliot, my daughter is going to be like you don't know who she is but you guys don't. Mm-hmm. Elliot's my daughter. She is 10 and she is going to be a 50s, 1950s cheerleader. Like she a, cannot get away from cheer. No, and it has, in red, of course. So she saw the costume and that's
0: what she wants to be. And So then, like a skirt down to her ankles? Like
1: shin link. Mm-hmm. Length, Can't show uh, off
0: those knees. That's right. And some saddleback shoes. If she were to do a cartwheel in that, the sh- the skirt would flop over her head and blind her. It would it would slap her in the face, and, and then she wouldn't be able to do it anyway because she would slip on those shoes. Th- yeah, they're very slippery. Who can cheer in that? It's a far cry from the costume. I mean, she can't wear, wear like
1: her her cheer shoes
0: that she cheers in now, because so like their stupid. cheer shoes now are like gripped. They're made specially for whatever position. Yeah, their skirts are like <gasps> barely a skirt, barely cover their pajamas. Barely, designals. yeah, like they're they're
1: And in- Jack's my son is going to be prison Mike. From the office <laughs> so we got his purple bandana today and we tried it on and he looks
0: awesome oh my gosh that's he's,
1: amazing it's he's, it's epic so I gotta get him a business suit are you gonna dress up like Dwight no why would you think Dwight why not Pam
0: I don't know or think, Karen because
1: I like Dwight I think okay. that he's funny so on a well it's better than saying
0: plus like he wears a yellow shirt short sleeve button-down shirt with a tie and then he parts his hair in the middle like you could it's obvious who he is. If you were to dress up like Pam, you would just look like somebody with, like, curly hair and, like, her business attire. You would look like you just left the office. Right. <laughs> or Meredith.
1: Uh, right. You well, look- I could be Meredith. Remember, she had the tube top and Maybe she Maybe your dog Meredith should be Meredith. Oh, uh, yeah. The, I think they're, I think the dogs are going to be um
0: And then Ma- sock Mabel could be Kevin.
1: So we got a puppy. Mabel. Mabel yeah. Fable Kitchen Table. That's uh-huh. what we call her. I'm Convinced that the two dogs we have are dogs that we've been told we need to get because something's wrong with them. Because they're
0: let me just do side (laughs) eyes at the giant Great Dane on my bed right now. Chanceroo, because
1: these dogs are. I think Mabel, the kids think she's genetically altered, and then Meredith, she's God, she's big mood, but we love them. So, Witches of New
0: York. Okay, so this book was the perfect book to get into like spooky Halloween season yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about the author first
1: yeah so Amy McKay she has won she was a number one bestseller in Canada she lives in Nova Nova Scotia now
0: I'm not even gonna tell you where I thought Nova Scotia was I'm no, no. really good at geography are you yeah she is I described it was in Iceland oh my god I gotta study a map do you? I need to. She is what is... (gasps) I wonder if it's close to Regina and our friend Susie Krause. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm sorry. I had 17 cups of coffee. What do you want to talk about? (laughs) Let's talk about all the things at the same time. Let's
1: talk about this book because I'm sure our listeners are probably, like, driving
0: around. I bet they can hear our loud-ass kids out there.
1: (sighs) We're losing listeners by the second. (laughs) So Amy is described as a book club favorite around the world. So while she was writing... Witches of New York, she actually discovered several women in her family tree who were accused and tried for witchcraft.
0: I was going to tell you about no, that. No, I beat you. Oh, <laughs> she was, I have it in my notes here. <laughs>
1: she was raised in Indiana, but now she lives in Nova Scotia. I want to hear about this book. Tell me. Okay,
0: so it had like a quote here and then a newspaper clipping there and then excerpts from spell books and then it switches third person point of view on the different characters. There's a bunch of side characters. So it's not it's told linear but kind of choppy. You know okay, like it's so not going back and forth a whole lot. It will go back and tell somebody's backstory, but it's So you said it had spells in it? It does have some spells in it. You mm. want to do some later? Sure. I have, we can do I have what, some chalk. What <laughs> That's the one we used to do, like Bloody Mary. Oh, Light as a
1: Feather, Stiff as a Board. Yeah, Light is as a, a Feather, Stiff, a stiff as a board. board.
0: So, The Witches of New York is... Wait, 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 Where does it take place? Pennsylvania.
1: <laughs> I thought so. Scranton, Pennsylvania. Nova Scotia! <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh. Okay, go ahead.
0: Okay, so Beatrice Dunn is 17 years old, and she is from Stony Point, which is you know, a good distance away from New York, but pretty close. It's pretty close and far. <laughs>
1: Is it a made up place?
0: I don't know. It just said it's next to Sleepy Hollow.
1: <laughs> okay, that's not real. Well, oh, you looked it up.
0: I think Sleepy Hollow is a real place. I'm going to
1: Google it. Let's pause. In space, no one can hear you scream. Unless you have a podcast. It's
0: Space Castle.
1: Join three nerds. I'm DT. I'm Alex. And I'm Seth. As they hurdle through space, debating movies, books, games, and answering your pop culture questions, all to maintain their own sanity. Space Castle, your clubhouse and ours for all things nerdy. Available wherever pods are casted.
0: Why does that need to be real for you? <laughs> The whole book is fake. I think it is a real place because I think there's, it's like a a gimmick. Like, that's how they get visitors there. Do you see it?
1: Sleepy Hollow. There is a Sleepy Hollow in Mount Pleasant, New York. There is a Sleepy Hollow High School. See? What? Is
0: their mascot the Headless Horseman? Because if it is not. No,
1: it's the pumpkin. It's Jack Skeleton.
0: Jack Skellington? Yeah. (laughs) Is their mascot? Why in the ever-living shit would it be Jack Skellington (laughs) when they live in Sleepy Hollow?
1: Uh, no 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 <laughs> this is their mascot
0: yeah okay the headless horseman it's a
1: headless horseman
0: okay okay wow
1: <laughs> this has to be fake i'm looking on google maps and i i'm not sure i believe this or not
0: oh welcome to Sleepy hollow do you want to go yeah i want to go let's go next october yeah let's go and
1: then we can go to salem
0: hello Sol- solemn
1: <laughs> it's me i
0: okay so anyway beatrice dunn 17 years old she's from stony point you want to look that up to see if it's real too <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> she answers an ad placed in the paper it says respectable lady seeks dependable shop girl those adverse to magic need not apply and it's one day september 17th 1880 from one to five o'clock in new york she decides that she needs something more to her life she's gonna move to new york she's gonna try this shop out if she can get a job if not she can get a job like mending clothes or whatever i don't know and if it didn't work out she's gonna come home It sounds like she really has a Hmm. plan. Well, nothing really happens in Stony Point, and she knows that she needs something more. She lives with her aunt because her parents passed away, so she's, she's just, you know. She's just looking for more. Good for her. Yeah, she wants to get get out of there. (laughs) And it's 1880s. I mean. Oh, it is? Yes, it's the eight, it's 1880s. So this is like 200 years or so after. I didn't know that. Salem, this is well before women's rights. So (gasps) she's stepping out. She's taking a risk here. Oh, good for her. So, you know, kind of a series of unfortunate events. Her train is late and blah, blah, blah. But she ends up kind of being a hobo and
1: carrying her thing with a
0: stick. (laughs) (laughs) She gets the freight train. She gets on the freight train.
1: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. She gets on the freight train or the freight train?
0: Freight. But I said freight.
1: This is what happens when we try to report too much in one day.
0: Okay, so Beatrice misses her train, or the train's not running. So she hops on the freight train. (laughs) Because she's on the freight train, she actually gets to see this Egyptian obelisk that's being moved to New York, and it's really big, and it's messing up some of the tracks, some of the train tracks, which is why the passenger train didn't run. So she gets to see this thing. She touches it, and I'm not sure if this is, like, the moment she gets some magic – they kind of allude to it in the book, or mm-hmm. if she's kind of always had magic. But meanwhile, the shop owners are Adelaide and Eleanor, and they are both witches, and Adelaide tells fortunes, and Eleanor makes teas. So like it's loaded kind of- teas? Yes. <laughs> she to- has
1: gator nutrition. You want
0: like a pineapple punch? Witch
1: nutrition? Yes. Oh, pineapple punch, yes.
0: So if you're... Trying to conceive and you're having problems, she can make a tea up for you if you are the opposite of that problem and you don't want to have children <laughs> right now. Then she can make up a tea plan B. <laughs> <laughs> she crushes off a plan B and puts it in the tea for you. Good on her. This is at a time where if you do any of these things, and you're arrested, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so Adelaide is very sure of herself, she's very confident. Adelaide had a bad childhood. Her mother actually sold her when she was young. What? Sold her to a whorehouse when she was a child. Oh, and
1: you talk about the stuff that
0: I read. It's not like a big part of the book. It's just kind of mentioned.
1: Oh, it just kind of glossed over. Right. Okay. So she's,
0: she's a very beautiful woman, and she is a very strong, independent woman in the 1800s, which is kind of unheard of. Well, this other lady, you know, ladies can be a bit catty sometimes, accuses her of being a witch. And acid in her face, which results Ooh. in the loss of one of her eyes and very bad scarring. Well, that's some hate. Eleanor, on the other hand, grew up with just the world's best mother, who taught her everything she knew. Eleanor's mom was a witch, so you kind of, like, pass it down. She's got witchery in her blood. Adelaide and Eleanor get together and open up a tea shop where Adelaide reads <laughs> palms. What? What? <laughs> Sleepy Hollow Nutrition. <laughs> oh, it's New York City nutrition. Oh, okay. But it's like nutrition, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> NEW nutrition. New York nutrition. We should work for an ad agency. <laughs> we'll make jingles up. Come and get you some new New <laughs> York nutrition. <laughs> so Eleanor is a witch. She learned it from her mother. She get it from my mama. So her mom taught her everything that she knows and including that you have to be careful and it's best to stay out of the spotlight to protect yourself. Adelaide and Eleanor are different like that because Adelaide also was in the circus nervous. she was younger, so she's very much a performer and likes to be in the spotlight, whereas Eleanor thinks it's <laughs> unsafe. And then there's also Perdu, who is Eleanor's pet raven, and together they serve as some of the high society ladies, guard their secrets. I like it because – the, the bird does it too? The bird can talk. Oh, fun. In fact, whenever I was researching the book a little bit, Amy, amy mckay i was gonna say Ami. amy Hi, amy amy well how you know to the amy i think it's not <laughs> amy let us know <laughs> yeah amy go ahead she did a lot of research on ravens and she posted some youtube videos on her book website the the bird's like nevermore. Nevermore. <laughs> it's so cool they can speak oh that's cool do you like
1: those tiktoks with the talking birds i do and like the They're dancing so birds the ones that cuss
0: Oh, yeah. They're like, fuck you. I know. (laughs) That's what they say. Uh (laughs) Ash, be quiet. That would be my, if I had a bird. Oh, my God. It would be like, if you don't fucking go to bed, (laughs) right? Constantly on TV. It would. Shut the fuck up, Chance. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) All right. So Adelaide decides she's going to hire someone, doesn't tell Eleanor about it. When Eleanor sees the girls lined up outside the shop. For the job, Eleanor sends them all away and she was like, we don't need these girls here. Just all of you just go. The position's been filled. And Adelaide and Eleanor kind of get in a little fight about it and they both leave the shop. Beatrice shows up late because of all the shit that happened with the train earlier. She knocks on the shop door and nobody answers it. It's locked. And then she looks through the keyhole and sees an eye looking back at her. Creepy. And it's it's Purdue. So Purdue uh, lets her in. The bird? The bird lets her in. Okay. So she walks in, and then there's a lady sitting in the corner, and she was like, "Oh, hello." So she goes and and sits down. She's like, "Oh, I'm here about the position or whatever," and she talks to her. Well, then the lady starts choking, and she coughs up like a fishnet and some water, and she like disappears. So Beatrice is like freaking the fuck out, and she faints. She wakes up because Eleanor's there, and she's like, "Oh God, there's this girl on our floor. What's she doing?" Eleanor wakes her up, cleans her up, gives her her bed for the night, and immediately hires her after she hears the story because she knows what Beatrice saw was Adelaide's dead mother, the ghost of her mother. Creepy. So that's when I was saying, I don't know if it was the obelisk that gave her powers or if she had always had this in her, but her thing is she can communicate with the dead. She can see their spirits. She can talk to them. Meanwhile, Adelaide is being set up on a blind date with a former surgeon named dr brody and adelaide only has one eye he's only got one arm so of course her oh, yeah. friend is like they should date They're yeah they both have together. physical
1: dis- deformities
0: right they'll make together
1: they'll, they, they might have a whole person
0: plenty of eyes plenty of, <laughs> plenty of arms right whatever so adelaide's pissed about this dr brody was a former surgeon but now have you ever heard stories of people losing limbs but like they'll lose their arm but then their hand itches Yes. Even though they don't have a hand. Y- yes. So Doc that happens to Dr. Brody, and he's very interested now in the way that the mind works and phantoms, including ghosts. So his arm kind of brings on his interest, but his father also recently passed away, and his father's kind of into spirits. He's even made this instrument called a spiritograph, which is kind of like a telegram machine. Telegram? Okay. Telegraph. Telegraph. Telegraph machine. But it's supposed to help you communicate with the dead. So Dr. Birdie's father, before he dies, leaves a message in a bottle, seals it with wax. He's instructed his son to find someone that can operate the spiritograph and see if the messages are a match. The one he left okay. before he died, and then his spirit will come along to give him another message. Adelaide does not like being set up on this blind date, but she actually ends up really liking Dr. Birdie. They can talk about a lot more because she's into witchcraft, and he's kind of like into ghosts, and like the two kind of go together eleanor is hung up on this woman she was seeing a few months ago but the woman has since gotten married and now the woman comes into her shop all the time and pretends like nothing happened between them she's like leading her on basically Mm -hmm. you know like it's hard to get over someone whenever they're always in your face right and it's like the woman's doing it on purpose like look at how pretty i am don't you miss me but like won't even acknowledge wow i know terrible So that lady instructs Eleanor to meet her at their spot. So Eleanor, of course, goes. And Adelaide's off with Dr. Brody. So Beatrice is left at the shop all by herself on, like, her first or second day whenever a customer named Mrs. Dashley comes in. Mrs. Dashley starts talking about her son that passed away. And she's like, oh, you mean this son? The (laughs) one that walked in the door with you? And, of course, Mrs. Dashley at first is thinking that she's playing some cruel joke on her. But Beatrice is able to convey what the spirit wants – Mrs. Ashley to know, and she want, he wants her to know that he loves her very much, and he wants to be with her, but he's safe now, and blah, blah, blah. So Ms. Dashley, Mrs. Ashley ends up loving Beatrice because that's her connection to her son. Right. Beatrice and Adelaide and Eleanor are very much like, this is good, and this is a money-making opportunity. Oh. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it kind of goes with their shop already. In addition to that, Adelaide wants – Beatrice to now run the spiritograph for Dr. Brady to see if she can communicate with Dr. Brody's father. And she does, long story short, she goes and she works it and she gets the exact same message and everyone's astonished. So they decide they're gonna kinda do like a oh god, like a spirit con. Like some kind of like spirit convention at a hotel that's supposedly really in the ballroom. Yes. Yes. They've got that going on, it's coming up very quickly. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and tell you a lot of the complaints with the story were that there were too many storylines. It sounds like it. And now that I, and I didn't think that so much whenever I was reading the book, but now that I'm trying to tell you what's happening in the book, it's getting kind of confusing. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, a demon has taken over a reverend's body. There's a reverend going around killing witches. And slitting prostitutes' throats. Oh, heavens. And so Reverend Townsend gets Beatrice, as just as she's about to go on stage at the spirit convention, and takes her back to his house. Oh. And puts her in the basement. He had already killed a witch there, and the spirit her spirit's still there, so she's kind of hanging out with Beatrice. Anyway, Beatrice is able to escape just as Eleanor and Adelaide are actually able to find her. Then the three witches are finally reunited. They end up moving their shop. They decide that they're better together than when they're apart. That's the basic gist of the whole story. And like I said, when I was reading it, it really didn't seem super choppy. It just seemed like, here's some information, here's some information. Sometimes it was kind of hard to keep up with, like, what information went where. But I've just learned whenever I get to a book like that, just keep going.
1: Right. And I'll just,
0: you know, I can go Figure back it to out. that yeah. spot if I need to. So it all kind of ties together. I I kind of sometimes like a bunch of storylines because I feel like as an author, that would be really hard to kind of weave them together. And whenever somebody does it, then I'm like, oh, well, that, was, that was pretty interesting. Like I couldn't have done that. Right.
1: They made it come full circle. Right. And they put it together. Yeah. Right.
0: It just, it <laughs> seems like there's a reason I'm not an author and that's one of them. Right. Yeah. i can't I can't put things together like that like make things fit in a puzzle like jillian flynn no, is really right. good at that i can see where people would get a little confused and then some of the information that she gives isn't like super relevant there's a there are a lot of like the prostitute whose throat gets slit you get her whole backstory Um, oh, but you don't need it but you don't need it it doesn't really go kind so there, of there's some filler For instance, Al from Goodreads.com says, It took forever to get there, but then also never got anywhere. It didn't seem to say anything until the very end slash author's note where it literally said what it was trying to say.
1: (laughs) So just read the author's note.
0: (laughs) And then Lisa Lynch from Goodreads says, This is a book about witches, and we need to vilify the church. And I, a staunch atheist, should be the last person defending the church, but it just rubbed me the wrong way. I kind of thought the same thing, too. Is that the villain ended up being the reverend. But isn't the church who convicted the witches in Salem? All those colonists were there for religious rights. Right. So they were all very religious. And that's their thing is like, oh, well, she's a witch. She's of Satan. So, if well, were But so- aren't
1: you murdering someone?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but then if they don't <clears throat> die, then yeah. they're obviously a witch. If they did die, then we'll clear their name, right? <sighs> so I guess that's kind of where like the whole church thing came from. But I'm kind of like...
1: You think that it, was, it was kind of pushing the envelope for that reason to be like a little scandalous?
0: I think it's just easy because yeah. of the way that history has gone. It's easy to make the church the villain.
1: Right. Well, I do have a th- another one star review from Lady Reader on Amazon.
0: Lady Reader?
1: Thumbs down. I don't know. The witches were weak. The torture got tiresome. The book ended with too many loose ends. I think the editor should have sent it back for additional work. A bestseller? Sad. I put this one on the don't bother column. Trust me. You're not that bored.
0: Well, I'm going to say that I actually attempted to read this book probably a year or two ago. And it was a DNF for me. Didn't finish it. Then whenever I was looking for a Halloween book, I remembered it. And I'm like, okay, let me give this book another go because it's supposed to be a really, really good book. Mm -hmm. So let me pick this one back up. And I did really enjoy it this time. Sometimes it's nice. We had just come off the four wins, which was... Historical very, fiction, yes. And then I had read a couple of
1: very uh, heavy books.
0: Yeah, very heavy, heavy books that really made you think. That kind of stick with you for a while. And this one was just kind of fun. I remember whenever I was little, you had Alice in Wonderland, the book. Yes. And I thought that book was so cool because there's a part in the book where the words are written in the shape of a a mouse tail. Okay. Do you remember that? Vaguely. They go down the page and kind of come to a point at the end in the shape of a tail. And I had never seen that happen before. And I thought it was really cool that not only is this a fun book, but you can do fun things with the book, within the book, right? too, to make it mm-hmm. a little bit more interesting. So the fact that there were newspaper clippings and there, was, there were spells from Eleanor's mother's spell book in it, there were kind of like fairy tales thrown in that were relevant to the story maybe not it was just
1: a fun kind of it was like an adult like pop-up book
0: yes it was it was fun it had a lot of uh, interesting things in it and of course magic you know i love magic (laughs) i
1: know um i you should be a witch for halloween
0: i I should be a witch for you should be a wizard i really like the idea of being being able to communicate with the dead you do yes (laughs) you don't I think it's kind of scary, Zach Baggins. Okay, also, in the book, dreams are a big part of witchcraft. So if you have a dream, you should pay attention to what's in there, especially if it's a recurring dream. If you're dreaming that dream, it's for a reason. And it's almost like you get the sense that these women that were, quote, witches, were just kind of using information that's been passed down to them, like with with the tease, like, oh, we know that this will help bring on your period. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to be pregnant, you should drink this tea. Or if you're having pain, then there's this tea. Or if you're having trouble sleeping, then you should drink this tea. Which doesn't sound like witchcraft to me. To me, that sounds like pharmaceuticals. Right. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. So the women that were accused of being witches were really only doing things that was part That's of natural their natural medicine. Part of their heritage, almost, right. you know? Right, right. Where their culture, and then listening to your dreams—that sounds like something that people would do. They do I mean, that people now. People do it now, right? Dream interpretation. <clears throat> exactly. So, and you know, I've had dreams of like both of our parents after they've passed away. We
1: used to have dreams on the same day.
0: Right after our dad passed away, I think it was two or three days after he died, we both had pretty much the, the exact, exact same, same dream, and we called our each dad. other. Or yes.
1: you called me. I called you. Like I had a dream last night. Like I did too. What did he say? This is what he said. It was the same thing. And then it happened like a couple of weeks later.
0: And I had already told my husband. So we're not making this up. No, if, no, no. If you want to call Jamie, I'll give you give his <laughs> phone no, no. number. You can verify this with Jamie. After our mom passed away, remember we couldn't find her jewelry right? forever? We went to her to grandmother's house and looked for mama's jewelry for a whole weekend. And then I had a dream and mama told me exactly where her jewelry was. And the next time I went to grandmother's house... I found her jewelry. In that same spot. In that exact same spot. So I think there's something to the dream. Well, I do
1: too. Because whenever I was pregnant with Elliot, remember, I wanted a girl so bad. Because I, I had a son, but I wanted a daughter so bad. And I would just pray and pray and pray. Please let me. I want to be a mother to a daughter. The night before my anatomy scan, where you find out what you're having, I had a dream that we were sitting at a kitchen table. And our mom looked at me and said, you know, you're having a girl, right? And I woke up. And I started crying because it felt that real.
0: Right. And I've had I've had dreams where you see someone and it feels like a dream, but it's almost like these dreams feel like visitations. Yeah. To me, they're they're different and they're they're special. What I thought was interesting was during when I was reading this book, she had she had placed such emphasis on dreams. And I was telling somebody about the dreams in the book having to be a big deal. And that night I had a dream about daddy. Oh. And sometimes I will I will think, you know, I really wish I could see dad right now. Like, mm-hmm. I wish that I, like, I'll go to sleep and think, like, come visit me. Like, uh-huh. I want to, I want to see you. It doesn't work. It doesn't work no, like that. No,
1: no, no, It doesn't work like that at all.
0: But I had a dream about him. And this one, this one felt more like a dream. This one wasn't a visitation, Yeah, I would call he it. He was, like, at a like, gas station. To sound
1: too, I don't want to sound like. It wasn't important. But I know what you're saying. It's, like, the dream wasn't about that. It was, like, he was there doing something not important
0: so so we would be accused of witchcraft like we would be witches because we have these dreams and we believe in our dreams and even you know even if it's not real it's something that that I like that it gives me hope that I like to cling to you know mm-hmm. like it's something that I have that's like for me so that and like the teas and everything I just feel like that's just every woman there, yeah it's called women's intuition if you're a woman you know what we're talking about you have your gut intuition so that's I feel like women were just wrongly persecuted for just being women.
1: Absolutely. And if they're going to hell, let them go to hell. It's not your business.
0: So to me, it's almost like the the witchcraft and the witch books are more about like this whole feminist movement and celebrating being women than it is about magic.
1: And it's just about being different.
0: Right. And the magic is fun. And I love that. But I also like how... The main point of this book was that these three women made each other better. Even though you know one of them had her girlfriend and one of them had her man that she was getting involved with, it just the women together. That was the made main them point stronger. Of it. I thought it was just like the perfect little witchy story for getting into fall and Halloween. And would you read another one of her books? Yes. Yeah, so apparently Adelaide, this was a standalone book, but Adelaide was a character from one of her other books. The Virgin Cure. Okay. I think there was a character named Moth, and that is Adelaide. She changed her name and. She's in this book. So I think she she wasn't done with that character and she made, she wrote another book. And then I think that there's actually a book after this, like part of this series.
1: I saw The Virgin Cure was a best selling book as well.
0: I'm curious to see how her other books go because a lot of the bad reviews that I read about this one was just like the choppiness of it and the storyline. Right. So I'm curious to see how her other books are written and how they go.
1: You think she'll kind of straighten some things up?
0: Who, Amy? Yeah. Amy?
1: Uh, Amy. Amy Amy. <laughs> if she reads some bad reviews about choppiness, the next one, you think she'll kind of... You think,
0: you think that know. happens? Well, I mean, if she's trying... If she needs to show you this newspaper clipping because it's important about the obelisk or whatever, then mm-hmm. how is she supposed to do that other than showing the newspaper clipping? Yeah. Or having a character be like, I read the newspaper the other day. <laughs> You know, like, there's some things... And then, like, when you're talking about a spell book that's being handed down, why would you not just show the spell? Right. And that makes it fun. In the, yeah, I thought so. It makes it... Kind of entertaining mm-hmm. and different, and kind of get you into this this. Well, you can kind of your head can like kind of oh, this is what it looks like. Okay,
1: yeah, it's easier to imagine.
0: So, also, do you remember whenever I was younger and I was totally into Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. Whenever we lived in New Orleans, I was obsessed with Buffy the Vampire I don't with the that. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I, r- I know what show you're talking about, but I don't. Well, the lady that produced that, Marty Nixon, she also wrote for Grey's Anatomy and sharp objects the hbo oh, series uh-huh she is set to produce this book as a netflix series
1: oh are you gonna watch it
0: yes i'm really <laughs> excited about it I, I can't like i can't wait to see it I, I think it's gonna be fun
1: this reminds me for some reason of pretty little liars
0: got a secret let, let me keep, keep it. it i love pretty little liars too oh
1: look after season 83 i was done i just had to google who A was because i was done Oh, right, i did get a little crazy
0: those are also based on books. We should have just read the books. Although I'm pretty sure they're like an encyclopedia kid books. <laughs> no, <but> like, <laughs> they're like young adult books, <laughs> like Ramona. Like 700 of them. It's like reading the Goosebumps series. No, it's
1: like the little Golden Books.
0: <laughs> yeah, except for people get murdered. Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. So what would you give it?
0: I'm gonna say three stars. I thought that it was really is three
1: potion mean? bottles. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna give it three skulls. Okay. <laughs> um. I see. Yeah. No, Three Stars is good. It's just not the best book I've ever read. It's not my favorite book. I do like some of the messages in it, but it's just not one that's probably going to stick with me for a long time. I'll remember it, but I'm not going to like. It was good while you read it. Yeah. It it did its job. It's entertaining. I'm super excited to read another like witchy book now. But another really interesting thing about this book, I read it. And uh, recording was coming up really fast. So I also listened to it, which listening to this book was really hard because of all the newspaper clippings and magazine articles. It was very... Takes away from it, I'm sure. Very difficult to listen to. So I turned this book on audiobook, and I'm like, who's that lady? I've heard this voice before. She narrated The Four Winds, which Ah. I listened to as well. Her name is Julia Whalen. She has narrated... Name a good book and she's narrated it. Gone Girl. She actually narrated Educated, which we've done a little blurb episode on. Right. You listened to that book. I did. And I liked her voice. Uh Uh-huh. She narrated uh, Beach Read, Malibu Rising, just a lot of really good books. And I had already picked out two of the next three books that I want to do. She narrates those books as well. I want this chick's job. I want her job. So it's my life's goal now to be... A audio book performer. Reader? I think she says performed by. Really? Oh,
1: okay. maybe so. I do remember her voice is very inflection. She, yeah. she
0: definitely, she gives different voices for everyone. And the voices in The Witches of New York were not the same voices from Educated. And they were not the same voices used in The Four Winds. Whenever I was listening to The Four Winds... Interview with Kristen Hanna and Julia Whalen. She said that she does research to figure out what type of accent each character should have, and she's got a background in creative writing and performance. She used to be on um, The Secret Life of Zoe. Okay. I think, was that the one with Britney Spears's little sister? Oh, Jamie, uh, Jamie Lynn, Lynn? Maybe. I think it was that's kind of how she got into it is that she was already a performer and she's just kind of got offered like, oh, you would be great at this. And she's like, I don't want that. I want to actually perform. And then like a year later, she was like, you know, I couldn't find a job. I,
1: I think thought it's I awesome.
0: This. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. I had never even considered the people who read books before. Yeah. And then I recognized her voice and I was like, wait a minute. And then I realized you can get paid for it. I was like, but I think
1: that's why I listened to Educated was I don't like listening to books, but I did listen to that one because – It was so pleasant to listen to.
0: Yeah, she does a good job. So the next couple books that I wanted to read that she narrates are The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which is definitely another magical book that has been on my radar for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to keep my magical book picks down to yourself (laughs) because i realize they're not for
1: everyone but i
0: love them so much that i know i get it well i can't
1: pick up we can't just read about the holocaust and cults every book i would love for that to happen but we can't do that we can't do that
0: and the seven husbands of evelyn hugo i heard that was really good i did too and it was i almost heard so much about it that i didn't want to pick it because we kind of said we wanted popular, to popular, yeah. We wanted to stay away from the ones that were super popular. But I honestly don't even know what it's about. I just keep seeing. It I guess someone who keeps getting married. <laughs> I guess somebody that's got marital problems, <laughs> right? For sure. The other one that I really want to read is my sister, the serial killer. I think I've heard of that. I'm gonna look for a kind of like a Christmassy one to see if I can before I set my picks in stone. Um,
1: a Christmassy book, huh? Well, if you have any recommendations for a Christmas e-book, like, let us know. But
0: not like a Christmas Carol. Like not I do like, not want to read Not like Twas
1: the night before Christmas. No, I'm excited for Halloween. Me too. Spooky season. Trick-or-treat. Smell my feet.
0: Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter? Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, at talk talking shit. And you can email us at talkin' at gmail.com.
1: We love to talk to you guys. Happy you. have a safe And happy Halloween.